Thank you so much for coming. We want to also welcome all those who are joining us from home, online. We have more than enough space, so maybe it's time for you to come back. All right, this morning, I'm going to continue talking about the series that we are talking about, the year of restoration. Pastor David put the theme for this year, that this year is the year of restoration. And I believe it with all my heart that God is already starting to work, has started already to restore anything that we might have lost this year. Amen? So if you have lost your peace, I believe that God wants to restore it. If you have lost uh, your job or promotion, I believe that God wants to restore. If your business is not doing so well, I believe that God wants to restore it. Amen? But I also believe... That God wants to restore things into the church that have been lost. That's why it's a year of restoration. This morning we're going to talk about, for God, our cry to God, God restore joy. And I want to proclaim it over your life. If you have felt the joy away in your life, I want to proclaim over your life that God is restoring joy this morning. God restore joy. Let's just pray. Father, we ask that you will come and that you will confirm your word through your power. So restore joy into each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I really believe that God wants to do something in our life and that he wants to restore joy. Now, now joy might be a little bit difficult to describe. But I'm sure that you know what joy is because if you have joy, you will notice it right away. If your joy is dwindling away, you will also be aware of it, right? So if you have in the last couple of years, because of the whole situation, if you have felt that your joy has slowly but surely dwindled away or is running out, I want you to know that God is here to restore your joy this morning. And the scripture that we want to look into is Psalm 16, verse 11. And there it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I believe that this is a, a, a promise can have in our life. And see, you know what? God says in his word that in his presence there is fullness of joy. So if I feel my joy is running out, is running low, I have to come to a point and say, God, am I still close to you? God, am I still in your presence? Do I still have the presence of God in because if that is the case, I should have the evidence of it and that is the fullness of his joy. So I want you to know that it doesn't depend on your personality how much joy you have in your life. You might say, you know what, uh, there are some people out there, they're very exuberant. You know, when they come, they're always in a good mood. Their personality is just happy-go-lucky kind of guy. So if I understand that they have more joy than me. I want you to know that joy is not dependent on your personality. You can be reserved, you can be quiet, you can be more of a shy person and still experience the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord comes with His presence. 
And I want you to know that you can have the presence of God in your life today. And with that, you can have the f of joy. Amen. You know what? I was just uh, talking to Joanna. Yesterday we were going to the wedding. And I was talking about what I'm going to preach about today. And then just as we came back from the wedding uh, dinner, the little light for the fuel tank started to blink. And then I told Joanna, you know what? And then Joanna told me, Joanna told me that I have a bad habit of waiting until the last minute to fill petrol in my car. The light has to come on and start blinking. And then I looked down and said, oh yeah, it's about time to fill petrol. But then the game begins. How far can I go before I run out of fuel? I can go to the wedding reception and come back. Easy, no problem. I can go to church and come back, no problem. But for her, she's a little bit more anxious. You know what, somebody else in our church, I won't mention any names, is very anxious about filling petrol in the car. So Pastor David, <laughs> when the, the needle touches the three-quarter line of the tank, oh, it's time to fill up petrol. And I understand, I know that this is the responsible thing to do. I know that is more of, you know, the responsible kind of character. But you know what? I want you to know that no matter what your character or your personality is, it doesn't limit the joy to be in your life. Amen? Because you don't have a limit of how much you can have the presence of God. Come on, James 4 says, if we draw near to God... He will draw near to us. So if I want to have more of the presence of God in my life, all that I have to do is draw near to Him. And when I draw near to Him according to His Word, not because of what I said, but what the Word of God says is, in His presence there is fullness of joy. So if we draw near to God, a result should be that the joy of the Lord comes into our life. Amen. And I want you to know, this is another big idea before we can go into a little bit deeper, is that happiness is not the same thing as joy. Happiness is the feeling that you get, the emotion that you feel when something that you perceive as good is happening in your life. Happiness is the emotion that you feel if something you consider good happens to you. So if you go to the gym and the muscles are growing, you will be happy. Because you like what is happening to you. If you go to your job, and everybody treats you with respect, and the boss likes you and likes the work that you do, you will be happy. Because what is happening to you is good. If the children obey you, you will be happy. Because what is happening to you makes you happy. But if we are living our life based on happiness, that means if something bad happens to us, we will be unhappy. We will be miserable. Correct or not? So if you get stuck in a traffic jam, what is happening to you, you perceive as not good, that means you are unhappy. But I want you to know that we don't have to live our life on happiness. But we can live our life through the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says that the joy of the Lord is your strength or our strength. 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. So the joy God will give us into our life is what gives us strength to go on. It's what gives us strength to take on another week. It's what gives us the strength to go through this difficult situation that we are, might be going through just another week. The joy of the Lord keeps me strong so that I can pursue my dreams and my purpose in life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The strength comes from the joy of the Lord. Now, put a pin in it. We come back to that. But I want to talk about a little bit, lay a foundation of uh, how our brain works. A little bit of neuroscience. Because I believe it will lay the foundation for today and also for next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about uh, restore uh, accountability or restore integrity. So what we are talking about right now is just the foundation also to come for next week. You know what the, the University of Massachusetts, I believe, was... They made a study about how humans can form habits and what actually happens in the physical organ of the brain. So they found out if you do a certain task repeatedly, the neurons in our brains branch out and form a connection to ease the flow of information in our brain. So if you do something often enough, It becomes something that you're so good in it that you don't even have to think about it anymore. It becomes easier and easier. Before I came to Malaysia and got married here, I worked over the summer in an electronic company. And so there was one client, he gave us a contract, the electronic company, but there was a transistor that didn't fit on the cream board. So we had to by hand manually bent the little legs of the transistor so that it can fit on the green board. Now, if you don't understand anything I just said, don't worry about it. All that we had to do is we had to bend an element. We had to bend a little component right way so that it could fit and could work. So now I had to do it. Sit down and manually bend the little legs of that little transistor to do it several hours. Not just several hours a day, but it went on day after day, after day. I was doing that work for four days, eight hours every day. Now at the beginning, I had to really bend slowly and then look at the schematics and put it down to make sure that the, the legs are exactly bent in the right way. But you know what? After a, few, after a few days, I didn't even have to check anymore. I could do it so fast because now my brain already formed those connections that now made it very easy for me. It was almost like I didn't even have to think about it anymore. It just worked. Another example. Has ever happened to you that you get into your car and you drive to work and all of a sudden you reach work and then you think, hey, what actually happened? Eh? I totally forgot what happened from when I left my house and now I reached my work. I don't even know anything what happened in the whole journey to my workplace. You was just on autopilot. You were just driving. And because you were so used to it already, you know, didn't even pay attention. All of a sudden, you are already where you're supposed to be. It is all because the neurons in our brain formed the connection already. And it became something like a second nature for you to do. But here's the thing. That means that we are the masters of our own thinking. Everything that we do starts with a thought. 
And then it depends what we do with that thinking, what we are doing with that thought that will either way determine what kind of direction our life goes. I read a quote the other day on the internet where it says that our life will go in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our life goes into the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if you are a person who thinks negatively, always sees the bad in something, it becomes easier and easier for you to think that way. And it's not because anything that you are doing wrong, but you are allowing your brain to form connection that it is now easier to jump to something negative. It is an actual change in your physical brain that causes us to jump right away to negative conclusions. Ever met a liar? You know what? I had a friend growing up in school and he was, they call it a pathological liar. He lied about anything, everything. About things that are so stupid. I mean, why would you lie about it? And then now I understand is because if you lie often enough, it is easier to lie than to tell the truth. Because the physical organ of your brain made that connection already, so it's easier to just come up with a lie rather than telling the truth. So in that sense, we have to make sure if we don't have joy, we have a direct influence of what we can do to restore the joy in our life. And the first thing that we can do is, is that we have to find the presence of God. Our soul, I scared myself there. <laughs> our soul, our source of joy is the presence of God. Right? That's what we just read. Psalm 16 verse 11. That in His presence, there is fullness of joy. So if we need more joy in our life, we have to drain our brain now to seek the presence of God. And the good news is, is that you don't have to go home and go on your knees and then open the Bible and then read. You can go to God and His presence wherever you are. On the way to work in your car, you can pray and be in His presence. While you're doing your work, you can pray and the presence of God is there. While you're doing your hobby, what you like to do, you can have the presence of God with you right there. We just have to be aware of it. We have to train our brain to be aware of the presence of God. So look for the presence. Because once you are aware of it, then your brain can actually form that connection and you can be aware that the presence of God is there. And in that you can experience the fullness of His joy. Amen. So we have a direct influence of how much of the presence of God we feel. Psalm 4 verse 7 says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their crane and wine abound. Now this is basically David saying, you know what? There is more joy that you have given me, even more than if I have more than enough in wine and grain. If I have more than enough food, God can still give me more joy than what I get of financial prosperity. Even though I have everything I need, it doesn't give me as much joy as God can give me. The wine talks about a good time, celebration, party, 
having an awesome time. Even though I have an awesome time, I can party. It is not as much joy than what God can give into my life. So if we are chasing happiness, if we are chasing joy, we won't find it going out and having a good time with our friends. Now it's good to do that. It's nice to relax and enjoy people's company. But a true joy is found in the presence of God. True joy is found in the presence of God. Amen. So if we are running low on joy in our life, it's time that we come back to God. Say, God, I want to experience more of you. God, I want to experience the joy of my salvation. I want to experience the joy that you can produce in my life. Because very often, we are just so consumed with other things that we lose focus on God. Come on. Isn't that true? We get so focused on the things that we have to do every day, our job, our children, our hobbies, all good things. I don't even want to talk bad about it. It's all good things. But we have to find a balance that we still find time to spend with Him. Because in His presence, there is fullness of joy. So if we spend time with God, we can expect the presence of God and the fullness of this joy to come. Amen? And another good thing is, is that it doesn't depend on our circumstances. In 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 and 2 says, when you, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe tests of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now, what did we just read? Basically, Paul is saying, you know what? The, the churches of Macedonia went through a difficult, difficult time. They went through persecution. They went through poverty. They were poor and they were persecuted. But in that, in that situation, they had the fullness of God's joy and they developed a spirit of generosity. Even though they were struggling with poverty, they could be generous. Even though they were persecuted and tested and affliction came against them, they found the joy of God. So it doesn't depend on the circumstances that we are going through. What it really depends on is if we can find the presence of God. And I want you to know, that you have free access to the presence of God. Come on. Very often we disqualify ourselves, right? Very often we say, oh, I know I have this kind of shortcoming, I have this problem, I have this sin in my life, so I don't think that God can accept me the way that I am. I want you to know that God has His arms wide open. He is waiting for you. You can come just the way that you are. But I also want to warn you that if you come to God, He will start to change you. Your shortcomings, your flaws, God will start to put His finger on it. So sometimes it's not comfortable. When God puts His finger on something in our life that He wants to change, it's not always comfortable. Because it's like, oh my goodness, I have to deal with it. I have to let the Holy Spirit work in me. 
But if that's what it takes, we better give in. Amen? Because after all, we know that God has our best interest at heart. So if we find the presence of God, we can find the fullness of joy. So we have to find His presence. The second thing where our source of joy is, is joy is in our attitude. Joy is in attitude. Joy is in our attitude. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, I'm not sure if you know, but Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And he wrote it while he was imprisoned in Rome. So while he was imprisoned, while he was under house arrest, he couldn't move how he wanted to move. He couldn't minister to the churches like he wanted to. He couldn't go and visit them physically. All that he could do is write letters to the church. So he was now in a difficult situation in his life. His final trial drew closer. Some scholars believe that this is the last epistle, prison epistle that Paul wrote. So he knew that his life was coming to an end. He would soon meet his maker. But in all of this, he says, rejoice in him always. So it is a choice that we have to say, regardless of my circumstance, I choose to look at the good side of it. Because that is how our attitude can change. Remember we talked about the neurons in our brains forming connection. If you train your brain to look at positive things, at the good side of things, it becomes easier and easier to see the good. But we have to train our brain to think that way. And the good news is, is that you are the master of your own thoughts. That you can decide what you want to look at and how you want to perceive it. We can choose to change our attitude. Now it might take some time, it might take some effort and discipline, but whenever we realize, hey, I'm going in the negative direction, in a negative thought of train, I will turn it around and look for something good. Just give you an example. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you wake up and you realize the alarm didn't go off. Oh my goodness, the alarm didn't go off. I'm going to be late for, for work. Oh, my boss might be even scold me. Then you go downstairs, you get ready, you go to the fridge, you open your fridge, and no more milk is in the fridge. I like my, my cereal in the morning with cold milk. Warm milk is yuck. Cold milk is nice. I open the fridge, no more cold milk in the fridge. Oh my goodness, okay, I cannot have breakfast with warm milk. Cannot. I have to stop somewhere and get other breakfast. Then you go to work and you go to federal. And because you are late, you get right into the traffic jam. And oh my goodness, I'm going to be late. What is this? I knew this was going to be a bad day. You get to work, you walk into work, and your boss is there and you have a, a grumpy face. And everybody knows that you had a bad morning. What about if we change our attitude? You wake up on a Monday morning. Oh, the alarm didn't go off. But at least God has given me another day that I can enjoy. You go downstairs. Oh, no more cold milk in the fridge. Never mind. I won't eat breakfast at home. I just go to the drive-thru in Starbucks. Enjoy my morning coffee. 
Or you get on traffic jam on federal highway. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be late. But at least I have a job that I can go back to. At least I have work that I can do. And all these other people on their way to work is also, they're having work. That means Malaysia is back. Malaysia is booming again. People are at work. People are going to work. Let's change our attitude. Because I believe that will change the way that we perceive life. And in that we can make sure that the joy that we have will not run out. If we change our attitude and we look for positive things, God can guard our heart and preserve the joy that He has given us. But we have to put in the effort and we have to train our brains to think in a good way. You know what, Pastor Leifan is a very positive person. I think she never had a bad meal in her life. She goes to a restaurant. The restaurant, dingy, dark, it looks horrible, it's dirty, but the food comes, the food is good. Guess what she talks about? The good food. Or other way around. Go to a restaurant, oh, so nice the place, wonderful. Environment is so nice and cozy. Food comes, not good. What will she talk about? How nice the restaurant is. She is a positive person because she has trained her brain to think positive. And I believe we have to work that we become more positive people. Amen? That when we meet one another, that I say, you know what? I just assume that all of you love me. Ah, I just assume that all of you look at me and say, ah, oh, that is a handsome Matsali right there. I just assume that all of you look at me and say, oh my goodness, he is in good shape. I just assume and I decide to think positively unless you tell me otherwise. I want to change my attitude. I want to change it because I know the source of my joy is not my circumstance, but it's the presence of God. But how do I keep my joy? By changing my attitude. By trying to look for the good in the situation. It takes time, it takes effort, but the results are worth it. Because I believe that God can do something powerful in each and every one of our lives. Amen. Number three is the source of our joy is the Holy Spirit. Now this goes hand in hand with the first point that we talked about. But Galatians 5, 23, uh, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and so on. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit of the Spirit is love and going right into joy. So if we have the Holy Spirit in our life, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and all the other things. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can have the fullness of of God's joy. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6 says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction. Not good, but here, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. They received it in affliction, in a difficult situation, but they received it with the joy of the Holy Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, 
we have the joy of the Lord. Acts 13 verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit comes, joy comes. How can we make sure that we have more of the Holy Spirit? Pray in tongues. I grew up in a charismatic church. I'm a charismaniac. Praying in tongues, knowing that I connect with the Spirit of God, that I can receive more of Him by praying in tongues. So I receive Him. I receive the Holy Spirit so that I can walk in joy. Amen. Can the praise team come this morning?